pay attention. We're gonna teach you something real special. Real special today. This is two coins. Two coins. Two coins. My boy Wally. Wally. Then Ronnie. Ronnie. Wherever you're at, we're at. Showing two sides of the same coin. Let me know what y'all think. Two coins. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter today. And welcome back to the Two Coin Podcast. It's your boy Ronnie. And I'm your brother Wally, the other side of the coin. Today's episode is brought to you by Courage. And with that being said, I just want to give a shout out to the people in Sudan or who are still stuck in Sudan amidst like a crisis and a uh, burgeoning civil war going on. So I want to give a shout out to my people for staying resilient and being courageous in the face of danger. Man, that's crazy. I, that's just been going on now for like three, four years now too, huh? But that was even yeah. pre-pandemic. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's, what's recently been happening is, well, pre-pandemic, it was they were trying to get a new government in place after the previous dictatorship, like a new democratic government. But then, like, after the pandemic, um, and mostly this year, 2023, like, the military has been getting more involved in strong-arming, like, the politicians that are trying to bring change. And now it's kind of, like, delved into a whole uh, armed conflict. It hasn't – I mean, it is like a war, but it's – like, the international community isn't really calling it, like, a war yet because it's just two small factions having little battle territories on different areas, like, different neighborhoods, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people are on the front line, kind of dodging bullets in the capital city. So, salute to salute to the people of Sudan. That's not to crazy. dampen, not to dampen the mood before we even start here. Nah, but that's some real shit, though, man. Uh, yeah, bro. People, especially a lot of people out here, they don't know about stuff like that. So, you know? yeah, so it's just good to make people aware. Awareness is the first step to any type of solution, right? So, I feel that. How's your family doing out there? Oh, they good. They're uh. All my family that's in the capital city or that was in the capital city either left the country or uh, went to like a different city where the rest of my family is. Okay. So they're all so safe. Most, so most of this is really going on in the capital city. It, yeah, it's mostly going on in the capital city and like the western parts of the country. But I have no family there personally. But, you know, prayers and thoughts to everybody out there. Hell yeah, hell yeah. But yeah, bro, just to, just to shift gears here and kind of lighten up the mood a little bit. Uh Biggest news here. What's the date today? Wednesday, August 23rd. So, I mean, I, I just found out yesterday. I don't know if the news came out before that, but Drake is dropping a new album Friday called For the Dogs or some shit like that. <laughs> For the dogs. What do you uh what what are your thoughts on the upcoming album, his last couple releases and output, if you've listened to it, and just Drake in general, man. I wanna I wanna hear your thoughts on this. Uh I mean, first off, this is about to come off sounding real haterish, but I ain't gonna lie. I, could I love it. I could give a fuck about his project coming out, bro. Um, yeah. I'm not like that's not to say that Drake ain't got talent because clearly he do. This motherfucker is the number one pop star in the world, and I label him as a pop star more so than a rap star. You know what I mean? Um, one, I mean, just because he, and that's not a knock on him. It's his ability to be able to like navigate a bunch of different genres within music, which is dope as fuck. But you know, like. And I'm not going to lie, like, certain Drake songs come on, and it's like, yeah, you know, you find yourself in the, just bouncing to it, vibing to it, like, and it's cool. I'm just not sitting here circling the day. Oh, shit, Drake dropping. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the same way, September 1st, I'm looking forward to that six tape three. Like Exactly. Like that's Me personally, bro, I feel you. I feel you. Like, we, we have, like, a similar music taste, right? Um, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily call myself a Drake hater. Like, I'm a, I like his music, right? But, you know, he's been he's been out in the forefront since, like, we were in high school, like, 2010, 2011, 2012. And in those early days, he made more, I would call it, like, genuine music 
introspective type music, not to be all backpack rap fan over here, but like more music that had substance to it. Right. And back then it would be easier to like sit there and dissect his albums and go through track by track, by track, by track, kind of like how we do. Remember when Tapimpa Butterfly came out, Kendrick sat there with the whole shit all the way through. Like I used to do the same shit with J. Cole. I still do the same shit with like J. Cole. Uh, I used to do it with Drake. And even just recently, like Travis Scott, he doesn't have much substance in his music. But the thing with him is he spends so much time crafting those albums. He takes three years between each album. And one thing I will, like, not even cut you off, bro, about Travis Scott is like the way that a lot of these, uh, a lot of artists put their thought into their lyrics, he puts his thought into his production. In his production and to like making it like a cinematic type of like experience. You know what I mean? So I can excuse him for not really having any lyrical substance, especially if his rapping is not like really trash. Like it's passable to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and with him, I, I can tell he's being authentic in his artistry, if that makes sense. Nice. Um, so even though he has no substance, I, I can still sit there and dissect each track by track by track because he's that talented of an artist. Drake is probably one of the most talented artists I've ever heard. But there's just something so phony and disingenuous about that nigga that I just can't get over. And like, I am a huge fan of his music, but him as a person just like he just rubbed me the wrong way I, like there's no other way to put it without sounding like a hater <laughs> yeah pause there's no other way to put it without sounding like a hater but it's just like he just seems like a fraud in every aspect i mean i hear that i mean right, <laughs> you know what like, i mean and you know what I, the, the other thing about that though is when, like going back to what you were saying about when we were in high school like when thank me later nothing was the same i mean nothing was the same came out right after we got out of high school but even like take care and all those albums, like the mixtapes that led up to it, it was, you could honestly relate with a lot of what he was talking about. You know what I mean? Like yep. a lot of the shit he talks about now is like, I ain't gonna lie. Maybe I'm just too broke, but it's some rich shit that I don't even like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not- and maybe it's, maybe it's just to piggyback off that point. Maybe it's not the fact that he's changed as an artist. Maybe he stayed the same as an artist since we heard him in high school and he's just talking to the same type of audience and we just kind of grew up and, or kind of like like kind of over it. Not I'm not over it because like his last album with Twenty One Savage, yeah, it came yeah. out. I listened to it. I liked it. I wouldn't call it like wonderful music, but it's some good music you can slap in the whip if you're going out here and there. But it doesn't have much replay value. You know what I mean? So maybe it's us, the audience, is kind of shifting priorities versus him as an artist. He knows what works, and it works every fucking time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would say like, damn, bro. I'm, I'm like looking up. Uh like his his albums in order and i would honestly say after that third one nothing was the same i kind of just fell off of the shit for me i think uh like after views is when i kind of started looking at him sideways yeah the one thing though i will still say is like all his little freestyles that he puts out like the 5 a.m to 3 a.m like you know what i mean fire can't sleep like that shit hard bro you know what i mean i fuck with it but and that's why uh i can't i can't fully agree with your point where you called labeled him as a pop star because I feel like with Drake, and the thing that pisses me off the most about him is that he can rap with the best of them. Yeah. He just, a lot of the times, chooses not to. And so then niggas put him in a pop star category where if he was more authentic and just rapping all the time, then yeah. he would be on a lot more people's Mount Rushmore, you know? I mean, bro, like when you choose to do, when you choose to go deeper in one lane, you got to give up access to other lanes, you know what I mean? So yes, he, he, him choosing to be a global icon and like just a music star, like you giving up the whole uh, hip hop head scene and the, being the best rapper scene, you know what I mean? Yeah. But with that being said, man, uh, 
I'm gonna still listen to it. <laughs> Look at me, I'm hella phony. <laughs> I'm gonna still listen to it, and uh, I don't know. I'm just not. I'm not really expecting much. Is what I'm. I guess what I'm trying to say. Hey, should keep your expectations low. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, I mean that leads us into kind of like our next topic. Um, I feel like a lot of a lot of Drake's success, like aside from his like immense talent, has a lot to do with like his uh, his rabid fan base, like propping him up, which yeah. is kind of the same with most artists nowadays. When you see like a group of people who are like, for example, started with kind of like the Beehive, Beyonce's rabid fan base, and then everybody kind of has like a hive. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on that? And what do you think drives people to go that hard over over somebody that doesn't even know they exist? I, I think it's the relatability in the music. You know what I mean? And yeah. then I feel like a lot of it has to do with like, look at somebody like Beyonce. A lot of her fans have been her fans since they were in middle school, elementary school. You know what I mean? Like at least uh, at least our generation, people been Beyonce fans for fucking decades now. So it's like I think it's like that hint of nostalgia mixed with like I'd say more so with like female artists because I see that with like Taylor Swift too. I see that with like Nicki fans. You know what I mean? Like they start early, they get them hooked early, and then they kind of stay the same to their core audience. If that makes sense. Like yeah, they evolve yeah. as an artist, but. You know, what I mean, somebody like Rihanna, Beyonce, uh, Taylor Swift, they're still true to their core audience. Even somebody like a Justin Bieber, bro. Like, yeah, I mean, up until like, you know what I mean? I feel like I feel like for dudes, it's different because like when you come up as a kid, it's like you get that Disney treatment and then you yeah. grow up and you like, I'm a man now. So you just start doing extra wild shit to prove that you a man. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But I think it's I think it really just has to do with like like a sense of nostalgia. Like certain artists take people to a certain time period within their own life that, you know, some people just can't let go. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, dude, like this might, this might come off as a little bit harsh, but, uh, I think, I think fandoms are a fucking problem in society. <laughs> Damn, proceed to speak. <laughs> like, dead ass, I'm like, bro, because it just ends up like, if okay, random celebrity has hundreds of people that are diehard obsessed with him that would literally take a bullet for him or her, yeah. right? And then that leads to a culture that we have now where these celebrities are treated like fucking gods, yeah. you know, and are worshipped and don't really deserve as much worship as they get. Like, they're talented, but, like, the way we prop them up as a society is just unhealthy, I think, bro. And I mean, I bro, think, you can say the same thing about like sports stars or teams, and you know what I mean. It's the same shit, yeah, exactly. There shouldn't be fandoms and anything. How about you just enjoy what somebody puts out there, and then just go on about your fucking day? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, maybe it has to do with the way people were raised or something. Because I think the psychology of it goes like deeper than that. Then, because yeah. like I, there's a lot of artists that I've been listening to, for example, since like third or fourth grade that I still listen to, and that bring a sense of nostalgia when I hear their songs and shit. Yeah, but. You're not about to take a bullet. That, that's where it ends. Oh, nostalgia, and then that's it. I go to the next thing, right? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know where this unhealthy obsession kind of comes from, and I don't think any other country besides America really has that type of shit. You don't think? Uh, what do you call? It? I mean, I, I would say a lot of the Asian countries got it too. Like with, uh, with all these, uh, fuck these pop stars that come out of there. Was it like K-pop, J-pop? Like, yeah, that's a good point. Like the K-pop, the K-pop culture, but I think a lot of that too is influenced by American culture. Like everything America does gets exported, right? So I think uh, the celebrity propping is is kind of happening abroad, but 
it started here in America. Bro. I, I mean, don't know. I'm, I can't even say that, bro, because it's like the same thing. Now that I think about it, bro, like even with Bollywood back home in India, like motherfuckers be going crazy over Amitabh Bachchan and like that entire family line, like Shah Rukh Khan, like you know what I mean? Like these. Like, these are, like, people from my parents' generation who were just fucking superstars. And even to this day, like, you know what I mean? There'll be trash-ass movies that people will sit through just because it's, oh, it's a, you know what I mean? It's a Shah Rukh Khan movie. Like, I got to it. At the end of it, be like, it was horrible. I knew it was going to be bad, but I had to see You know what I mean? Yeah. And people will just go crazy. I think it's just human nature, bro. Like, like it's an obsessive personality that a majority of people, I feel like, have. You think it's just kind of like a the, the personality type that you were just kind of uh, born with? It might be. It might, it might be. I don't be, know. You know? And then I, maybe for some people, too, it's like that them being oh, like super fans or overly obsessed is just their way of being as close as they can to their to their quote-unquote idol. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Hey, bro, I guess whatever whatever brings anybody a level of fulfillment and happiness, you can't really can't hate on it, right? You feel me? But I just think what, like once it grows out it's of- It's for sure unhealthy control. at a certain point. Yeah, at a certain point, like where we are right now as a society, it's getting like out of control. That's just, that's all I'm going to say. I would definitely, bro, I definitely say that social media hasn't helped it because now yeah. it's like you're even more tapped in with your whatever artist that you're, you know what I mean? Like put it, like whatever artist you're uh, going crazy for, like a perfect example, right? Kendrick don't be on social media, but everyone's trying to watch his moves. So he posts one thing on social media and this is now a talking point for the next five weeks for the world. Like, facts. Yeah, bro, like, I was watching like this random YouTube video. I'm glad you mentioned that where it's like they were breaking down Kendrick's last album. Obviously like you and I both agree it wasn't like his best work. Right. Yeah. But they basically like the video breaks it down and it says essentially what Kendrick is trying to tell us on this album is he's begging the listeners to start treating him like a human being and not a God. You know what I mean? And I'm like, so if once I go back and I listen to that album, I'm like, huh, that might be true. Cause a lot of the tracks are just like, He's openly like expressing his like weaknesses or like his vulnerabilities, you know, and trying to make it seem like, hey, I'm one of you guys, too. I'm not perfect. Please stop worshiping me. And that is kind of the message that I got from it after giving it a second and third spin. I still don't think it was his best quality of music, but that's the message he was definitely trying to send. And I think if he's thinking like that, there's a bunch of other celebrities that like agree with him. So even if I, me or you thinks it's bad as a society... If them as celebrities don't want that type of treatment, which I'm sure they don't, yeah. Where are we going with this? I don't know. Bro, the crazy thing is though, is it's like the more like I need to go back to the album now that you said that and actually see if I can uh, if I can draw that too. But it's wild with him even giving that kind of message. People would be like, "Man, that's such a godly thing of you to say." <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You're Kendrick, so that's humble, why man. you were God, bro. You you so humble. Like, I had one shrine of you. I'm gonna put a second one now. Like, you changed my life, man. You're so humble. You're just like me. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I mean, bro. I just think. I mean, I just think the average person or most people. I mean, shit. Who the fuck am I? But I just feel like a lot of people got that obsessive personality within themselves, and they need something to obsess over. Yeah. And if they don't yeah. got, and some people have their outlets of obsession, maybe like artists, sports, some people's obsession is their own fucking, uh, what do you call is themselves. Like some people just love themselves so much. They're trying to better themselves every day. That's a form of obsession too. You know, where you, that, that's, that's out. to me is in my opinion, that's the best form of obsession, but 100%. not, it, it's a privilege. And like, 
it's a privilege to be able to get to that to that point, right? And yeah, everybody's different. So let me not let me not shit on nobody. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel you. I feel you. But uh, yeah, shifting gears here, bro. Um, since we're talking about psychology and breaking down people's brains and shit, because we're experts. <laughs> <laughs> what What are your thoughts on the impact of dating apps on modern relationships? Let's go there. Yeah, you know what's wild? Like this shit. I, I want to say within this like last year or two, especially post pandemic, this shit became a norm. You know what I mean? Like I'll talk like, to the, the use of dating apps. The use of dating apps, but like the normalcy of it. Like how do you remember when like tinder first came out like bro what you doing on that shit ah nah man i'm just trying to get some hoes on here like you feel me people hella trying to just manly downplay that shit now people people really just trying to set up dates and do this and i don't bro like i feel like there's you 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 gotta have the human element like you know what i mean i'm not gonna know how the fuck you thinking feeling or moving looking through a screen now what i'm about to do is take your fucking responses and mold it in my head of who i think the fuck you are and then when you don't end up being that person it fucks with your head. You know what I mean? Like, you it can't does. get to know somebody behind the text. Yeah, and I feel like, I think uh, you're right, and I agree with you. But it also takes, like, a certain level of experience in using those apps to come to that conclusion, right? Like, you got to find out for yourself. So I don't, I don't really blame people, especially in this day and age, for kind of putting their hopes and dreams on, on, on the apps. Because, like, if you kind of look at it, like, as a species, as a society now, we're mostly just on our phones, right? Everything is digital and social. Yeah. So if that is the case, it makes it a lot harder for people to like meet new people in real life and establish any type of romantic connection. Like we've yeah. seen evidence of that. So it's only right that people would want to get on the apps if we're getting on the apps for everything else that's social. Um, especially people that, you know, are new to certain cities or are moving around or like for that type of situation, it makes sense. But I think the best way to go about it is to just kind of use the apps as maybe a plan B if you still have interest in using them and really emphasize the FaceTime, like you're saying, like face-to-face interactions with people and, you know, putting yourself out there. I think that's that's the best hey, way to go. Like somebody, somebody had brought this up too. So it's like when, when you say dating apps, right? Like the first thing that pops into people's head is Tinder, Bumble, Hinge. You know what I mean? All those, all the little apps, right? But yeah. I could honestly say, bro, Instagram's a dating app too. It is. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. And it's crazy how quickly it became to that. Like, I didn't realize that until probably like maybe a couple years ago. And I was mm-hmm. like, damn, bro, like you sliding in DMs, you showing off pictures. Like, it's just one. It's like a glorified dating app. Yeah, you accepting follow requests from people you don't know. It's like, oh, she bad. You can follow me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. It's- it's a dating. Oh, oh she, she liked my story. I wonder what that means. Like, like high school lunch table shit, bro. <laughs> but nah, that ass though. So I mean, I feel like it has more of an impact on this on, on this next generation because, like, you know, we always talk about how uh, like everybody born in '94 to like '96, maybe '97, we kind of got like we're like the bridge generation between, you know, still going outside and knocking on your friend's door to hang out versus everybody on tw- like we got the early days of twitter you know what i mean like when twitter first popped out and that's how people used to talk and then myspace i mean and then myspace myspace first and facebook all the- but we were too young for myspace even though some of us still had it type shit but we were still going outside playing scraping our knees and shit yeah we just missed the whole because like i want to say social media really took over when we were 
probably sophomore juniors in high school. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like really the, took over. The MySpace days, I definitely had a MySpace account in, in middle school, but that was nothing. Like it wasn't enough of use to interfere with my life type shit. You know shit. what I mean? Because you we never like had a sampler. Exactly, bro. Because you had to still go to a computer to go do it. Yeah, like, you had to still be outside for sure. You, you know what I mean? Like you can't just send a message, put the phone in your pocket, check it 30 seconds later. Like, nah, bro. Once you send a message, you're going to come find out later. I'm going to say this, though. Like, I didn't make a Facebook account until I was a junior in high school. And I didn't make a Twitter and Instagram account. I was like a senior right before I graduated. That's you know? crazy. Yeah. So I kind of like lived. Well, basically, my whole childhood was social media free. Thank God. Yeah. Right. And it I, got into- you, bro. I had a MySpace in fourth grade. For what? I don't know. I had like maybe six friends. My entire page was just uh, 50 cent, get rich and die tried. Well, Dave, you were on it early because I, I remember it blew up, blew up in like 07. That's when I made Yeah, that's probably when it hit its peak. Because I remember yeah. not like 07, 08 was when Facebook, when Facebook really started cracking. Because Facebook came out in 04. Oh, okay. But then, so when we were in middle school, Facebook really popped off. I mean, regardless, bro, it was like, yeah, we had it, but the fuck, you, we had no phones to really check it all the time. Like, I would log in on my PSP to check that shit like once, like once an hour, like once one hour a day. But that shit was always like at eleven at night. You know what I mean? Like my folks wasn't fucking with me having none of that shit. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My dad with my ass when he found out I had a MySpace in fourth grade. Like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Meanwhile, Bro. you got just a little bit as my intro video <laughs> coming up. <laughs> the, the PSP mention is hilarious. Nigga, the PSP was my iPhone. Bro, you feel me? That PSP was epic, bro. I remember I ended up pulling uh, because I still got mine over at my folks' house. I remember playing that shit. I'm like, yo, these graphics are straight jack shit. Like, <laughs> but they were the best shit ever when you were a kid, bro. Oh, 100%. You remember uh, Midnight Dub Edition 3? Bro, that was the Midnight Dub was the shit. It, dude, it, just, it just felt different playing that shit on the PSP versus the actual PlayStation. Nah, true that. Hey, you want to? But uh, no, no, like going back to the original point, though. Um, so, like, what do you think the impact is on on dating as far as? Bro, I think it, it, it's making people way less social, bro. Because, like, yeah, I see yeah. it, too. Like, and I can say that, bro, because <laughs> because I'm an expert now, nah, bro. I like the reason why I say that, too, is just because I see this, like, even even me working at a bar. Right. Yeah. Being a like the art of being able to go and just talk to somebody completely sober. It's damn near impossible for a lot of people, bro. Bro, you people can't I mean? even, like, fathom it. You know what I mean? So it's like that That translates straight to fucking, um, like, conversing with somebody, trying to get to know somebody on a fucking screen, bro. Like, then again, here's the other side of it, too, that I will say. We're also in a generation where it's a lot harder for most guys to just walk up to a female and just strike up a conversation without getting called a creep. You're like, bro, what the fuck? Like, leave me the fuck alone. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like, like that, you gotta you gotta come out with so much riz, bro. That's true to a certain extent, but I feel like a lot of niggas use that as a cop out for just being. One hundred percent. It's the. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. It's true. Like, like it, it is like volumes to who you are, though. If you use it as a cop out, like yeah, like the risk is there, but I, I think people blow it out of proportion. Like 100%. I feel like I feel like m- most women, and I could be wrong because I'm not a woman, so I don't want to speak for women. <laughs> Like, I feel like a lot of women who are single and out and about, right? Like, they're open to being approached by certain men. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like the creep label just depends on, like you said, your individual level of 
being able to talk to people and like charisma and things like that. He's like, you got to work on that before you kind of talk to people as well. Like people try to go into social situations, cold feet, you know what I mean? <laughs> Without having any idea of what to do. And then they just end up coming off as like weird to the other person. You know what I mean? And I think you kind of have, you got to, when it comes to like interacting with people socially and striking up conversations with people you never met before, you got to take yourself out of, I need to have a game plan into like, I'm here and now, but you also need to go in with a little bit of a game plan. Yeah. Like a loose game plan. Yeah. So you just don't go in there blind. Like, I don't know. I feel like the reason why we think modern dating is struggling is because a lot of people's social skills have dwindled. Like you said, that might be the, yeah, nah, I think it, uh, I think it probably has more so to do with that than the actual apps. Yeah. I guess if you do have actual social skills, you can use the apps in the right way that it was intended. But if you have no social skills, you're using the apps as a cop out then. Exactly. But then I guess like, oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going, bro. I no, I was just saying like, cause then it gets to the point, like once you've developed that relationship with somebody over a fucking screen, right? <laughs> now you got to hang out with them. <laughs> like, Basically, I mean, like the, the apps, I think the intent of them is to just plant the seed and then you take everything from there in person. But another point I want to make, too, is everything being digitized and the apps gives people the illusion of having more options and makes them less likely to, you know, kind of ride out the wave with, with just one person. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. I can't speak for you, but me personally, like. I got a lot of hoes. No, no, it's no. I'm saying it's like a red flag for me if I'm like talking to a girl and I'm getting serious, but like she's out here playing the field. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, bro, playing the field. I feel like that's just not nah, you're 100 right. I didn't even think about it like that. I feel like we're just so accustomed to playing the field because it shouldn't be that normalized, bro. It shouldn't, but you know what it is too. It's just like this whole city boys, city girls, like movement and mindset that a lot of people have is what keeps everybody playing the field. Yeah. Because I'm not going to lie, I'll, I'll be over here getting real with some, one person, but then in the back of my head, it'd be like, you know how much of a dummy I'd look like if I'm over here, hey, babe. And then meanwhile, it's like, oh, my bad. I fell asleep at seven. I didn't text you back. Nah, bitch, you was getting piped down fucking six hours. Like, yeah, you know what right. I mean? Little yeah. shit like that. Like, so you're 100% right. That The playing the field, the loss of, like, actual having social skills. But, I mean, bro, I feel like that has to do with, like, humans just trusting humans. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of that has dwindled. You know what I mean? I feel like people are not as trusting of each other nowadays, especially in that space. When you talk about like dating and like romantic interactions and stuff, like people are always keeping, you know, their, their, their options themselves guarded. Yeah. And it's like, if you're keeping your options open and I'm keeping my options up, we're just kind of like wasting our time here. You know what I, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it comes to a point where it's like, all right, at some point we got to like, be exclusive right and it's just like the lack of that's another thing like the, the apps make the, the communication so much harder like lack of communicate you don't really know what the other person is doing or they don't really know what you're doing behind the scenes you know what i mean because the phone contains yeah. all type of secrets that they just won't be privy to let me ask you this bro like you think this is just one a problem in, Amer uh, in america but i mean more specifically in just cali of how that's california lifestyle is versus like the rest of the world or do you think like we're just we just don't know that the rest of the world is damn near catching up to the same thing that we want probably started here but i think now this is a worldwide problem it's a, it's a global thing it's a worldwide problem 
I wouldn't call it a problem, a challenge maybe. A challenge. Because there's still a lot of – I feel like there's more people that would sit here and agree with you and me than there are actually people playing games. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a lot more people that are out here with genuine intentions versus what we see on social media that's, like, magnified. Like, I don't think that's the general consensus of everybody. Hey, now here, let me give you let me give the other side of this shit, though. But the other side of the coin. Yeah. Um, People saying that an individual not having any social media presence as a red flag. You see that as a red flag? Because I know a lot of females will be like, damn, you're not on social media or you got an IG, but you ain't got no pictures up or you ain't got, you know what I mean? Like the generation yeah. that we in right now, do you see that as a red flag? And two, should people even see that as a red flag? No, I don't see it as a red flag. Like, <laughs> like that's a green flag. That's the biggest green flag. You don't got social media? Like you're not being brainwashed? Fuck yeah. You can think for yourself, like you know, even me, like bro, like I struggle with social media use too, bro. Like, and it like it's a hard thing to not be involved in, you know. Yeah. So if you're anybody who doesn't have any type of social media presence or just doesn't follow it or fuck with it at all, like I respect you wholeheartedly because that takes a lot of effort and a lot of like sticking, like sticking to your guns and being true to yourself to be able to just stay away from all that shit, even though all of society is telling you to be a part of it. So for me, that would be the biggest green flag ever. But I think that's so rare nowadays that it's just not going to be tangible. But you know what I mean? I feel like it's so rare to the point like you, you, at least for me, like when I see a female without a, like without any social media or like barely on it type shit, I'm like, damn, you a unicorn. I fuck with it. But mm -hmm. on the flip side, I feel like females don't look at dudes that way. Why do you think that is? Because I think it's attention seeking, bro. I think people want to know that they're fucking with somebody who everyone fucks with. I can't date nobody that don't post me. Not That's even the... that, bro. Right? But not <laughs> even that. It's just like I, I feel like people want to know that they're they're dealing with somebody important. Like like corrupt said, I'm important like the Pope. Like you know I what I mean? Pope like the Pope. I'm a Muslim. I'm Pope. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, that ass though. Like I feel like people people feel. I mean, bro, and it goes back to what we we're talking about the fandom shit. Damn near. Like people want to feel important through somebody else's success, and in social in, in in a social success, I guess. Oh damn! Like everyone likes him on social media. He must be dope. Let me fuck with him. Like you know. I guess I mean? yeah. I you do have a point now that I think about it, bro. Like social media is we call it like flex, like a flex central, like flexing, yeah. you know. But it really is just kind of like showing off your, I guess your status. But, like, what the fuck is the status, though? I don't know. It's all fucking lame to me, but... I don't know. I mean, I can't. I cannot get into the head of a woman. Like, men and women think differently, but, but like, I... Here's the thing, though. There's so many men that think the same way, like, bro, that value social currency. But then again, too, I think it's... Like, I don't even want to say it's people that didn't have it when they were younger, because it's like, I know people that, you know what I mean, got no attention when they were younger and are still the same... And just let fucking, you know what I mean, life move along. And yeah, people fucking with them now. Naturally, mm -hmm. they're not attention seeking on social media or platforms or trying to like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Hype themselves up into like, I don't know. I think it all just comes back to like being able to have just basic social human skills. Yep. And dude, that's a good point that you made that the fandom, the fandom does tie back into all of this. Honestly, because people with Instagram and a lot of social media a side effect of it is people thinking that they're more important than they actually are. Like a lot of niggas need to humble themselves. Man, facts. 
you know? And it's like, I, people have like this set of criteria that's just based on what they see on social media. And also like in movies. They life behind it, bro. Also like in movies, like all the movies we've seen growing up and the celebrity culture that we're enmeshed in has like warped our expectation of what a relationship is supposed to look like. Oh, it for sure has. You know? The media for sure has. Like, hey, I mean, damn, bro, look at it. Like, going back to fucking fandom, bro. You follow your fucking favorite artists, favorite movie stars, favorite shows, whatever the case may be, and you see how they end up living their life and think that's tangible or that's a normal thing. Like, yeah. people don't realize, like, a man that's a multimillionaire, yes, bro, he's not having one female. You feel me? Because he's in the upper echelon of, like, just men, a most sought-after man, you know what I mean? But yeah. Average Joe working at fucking Home Depot, unless you got fucking game out the roof, like you know what I mean. Go ahead, settle down, get a family, bro. Like, you feel me? Stop, stop trying to save up to fly a hoe from Miami all the way to fuck out here. Like, yeah, and a lot of it too. You said you mentioned human nature earlier. <clears throat> a lot of it too is yeah, it's just human nature, bro. It's uh, the impact of dating apps. If you want to, like, it's fucked with our ability to meet and, 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 and interact with the new people because it's interfering with our natural human nature. Yeah. Like, I think it like, there's like a biological impact that it's like rewiring, you know, how species like evolve. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what it's doing to us in real time. It bro, it'll be interesting to see three generations from now, how humans actually think socially. Yeah, bro, because like, this shit is literally like every aspect of the digitized world that we're kind of going through right now is like, we're not going to see the effects of it maybe in our lifetime, but yeah, bro, like our grandkids, like once we're old enough to see our grandkids, we're going to be like, damn, the world has fucking changed. Bro, here's here's a crazy thought. Like you, uh, you've seen like the video for Apple Vision Pro, right? Yeah. Now imagine a new dating app based on Apple Vision Pro. Where you could be in your room sitting on your couch, right? And then you end up meeting somebody on this app, and then you guys can go to Belize, quote unquote, on your first date. You could really just go on three dates with somebody, sit down in a rack, go see things, and never be in the same room with that person and be like, y'all, I think I found my true love. Just get some virtual pussy. Like that's the that's what we doing but, now. Hey, but dead ass though, bro. Like now, think about that concept developed like three generations down. Like that could be a real normal thing, kind of like how we were talking about with the Apple Vision Pro. Right now, people have them with just the goggles, right? Eventually, it's just like, damn, bro, you ain't got a chip. Hey, bro, this guy's chipless. Like, you gonna get laughed at for not putting a chip in your head, <laughs> like, bro? Yeah, that scares the shit out of me because it does seem like a realistic. It's a huge possibility. Place bro. that we're gonna end up. Yeah. And you know what the wild thing is? This is how they get you, bro. Because I, I, everybody I've talked to about this, I tell them the same thing. Like, I'm super wary about the direction Apple Vision Pro is going, but I'm for sure copping it when it comes out. Because as far as my day to day, and like what I can use it for, like 100% is amazing. But it's also like it comes to the fact that like we've had exposure to real life day to day, where oh, damn, I could see how this headset would help improve my day-to-day versus this headset in this virtual world is what you were born into. You don't know nothing else. Why the fuck would you live real life if real life is ass compared to what this goggle got you? Yeah, man. And if we're already having that problem with the phones, with the headset, it's going to be even worse. 
Oh, uh, it's gonna be horrible. Like, think about homeschooling, bro. Even less social awareness for for future generations. That's crazy. You know, like if anything, bro. And it's like not even to jump topics, right? But it's no, crazy ahead. how much uh, COVID really like changed the lifestyle of humans in general. You know what I mean? That's fast. Like, it opened so much. It opened so many possibilities for us to just not have to do or not have to take ourselves out of our comfort zone and still succeed or get shit done. Yep. But on the flip side, right? I was watching this. Uh, I was watching this documentary about how COVID pretty much completed the entire isolation in North Korea. In t- bro, in twenty, I want to say what was it, two thousand and seven, right? Between the period of oh six to oh nine. Uh, or O10, uh, Korea, North Korea was averaging about 2,700 to 2,900 escapes per year. Per year. Damn, bro. Since COVID, they've averaged about 50 escapes a year. And this year alone, they've only there's only been 34 successful uh, people who have escaped from North Korea. I say that to say it's just the like that should that's like a perfect fucking example of how uh, one COVID, but also just technology and the way we headed allowed one fucking dictatorship, one, one country like that to completely isolate its people from the entire world, bro. Made it easier for them. Yeah, bro. And they were already doing it and we're getting shunned for it by the rest of the world. But the whole COVID situation just made it easier for them to keep doubling bro, down. They, they literally locked their borders and they said, yeah, we uh, we don't want this virus coming in. The world's like, yeah, it makes sense. And here we are three years later, bro. Their border policy is still the fucking same. Yeah, they, that, were, bro, that wasn't the real reason why they locked the border. 100%. 100%. Bro, they have a shoot shoot to kill order in place right now on its northern border with uh, with China and Russia and its uh, the southern border with South Korea. For anybody that's in that vicinity, whether it whether it's a military personnel from the other side, whether it's military personnel from this side, or whether it's you know what I mean, whether it's residents trying to like go, the minute any of North Korean military sees somebody in the like in in those borderlines, shoot to kill and it's cool. That's fucking crazy. I didn't know about that. They probably been waiting for so long to implement oh. that shit, and as soon as COVID came around, they're like, all right, coast is clear, let's do it. You know what I mean? Fuck, bro. Somebody, we need to nuke that motherfucker, bro. <laughs> like no, nah, like we need to just fuck. It. You know how like the U.S. went in like with their freedom flags in Iraq. Yeah. If ever there was somewhere we needed to do that. I mean, I bro, I feel that. But you know what the crazy thing is though is like North Korea got the back into China. Maybe and they got nuclear government. power, so we're too pussy to go in there. You feel me? Yeah. Like. In the Iraq they have no nuclear power. And you said Iran. Iraq, yeah, they didn't have no nuclear power, so it was just easy for us to just bum rush. But also, bro, they didn't have like, like, I mean, shit, I'm not even gonna sit here and tell you what I thought that they had. All I know is like, based on my weapons of mass destruction, (laughs) based on my uh, what do you call my internet knowledge of North Korea, it's just like the way that they go about isolating their people, it makes it easy for the rest, like the other world governments, to be like, just leave them alone. Because all North Korea is saying is like, just let us do us. Don't worry about us. And the rest of the world is like, nah, but. Nah, bro. Y'all, y'all wild, bro. Y'all wilding out. Y'all wilding out, but it's like, you're not fucking with the rest of the world. But you're yeah. just fucking with your own people. 
Yeah, but it's just morally like wrong to just stand by and watch that happen. One hundred percent. But it's our only choice, you know. Like, do you want to go to war with China? Loki, I feel like we'd fuck China up. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I think China don't want to go to war with us. That's why they're starting a fucking data breaching war, an economic war, trade war. They ain't trying to get them gats out and come outside though. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, that shit crazy, bro. Fucking world politics. Bro, do you know the budget of the American military complex? Nah. It's I mean, probably bigger than the budget of all the rest of the countries in the world combined. Like, no no funny shit. Yeah. Damn. We have the largest military spending in the history of humankind. This goes back to, like, Alexander the Great and shit. Like, dog, nobody has as good of an infrastructure and spends as much money and has as much weapons and people running their military as America and all of fucking mankind. So I don't think nobody's fucking with us, bro. You were sick. No, you were sick. <laughs> I mean, shit, bro. Little, little complete little pivot. Yeah. You ever think that uh, all it takes is one asteroid to just come and smack the fuck out of it? So I've been on my little space binge recently. So I've been like feeling real small and big comparison to the world and my problems just, I'm like, you know what, bro? What the fuck am I tripping on? You know what I mean? Perspective. But, 100% like uh, um I just sometimes think about that bro and it's just and it's wild how the rest of like the whole world we're really not going to come together ever as one species until we have an extraterrestrial threat coming at our planet. You ever think it's, about that? It's coming too. Like you got it fucked up if you think there's no other life out there. Like are you joking? They say like all right Earth relative. How conceited you gotta be to be like it's just me. It's me. I'm the center of the world. It's all about me. Like you said, an asteroid could hit tomorrow, and we could just all be just fucking dead. Planet gone. <laughs> like with that presentation you're worried about, no longer a concern. You know. <laughs> but, bro, Earth relative to the rest of like the galaxy. This is me you know, doing my best Neil deGrasse Tyson impression <laughs> is basically think about like one grain of sand in like a whole beach of sand. That's what we are compared to everything. Else. So you think amongst the rest of that beach, there's no other pebble or sand that has mad life on it. It's just us really. Bro. Hey, I'll give you one even better, right? This other, uh, I was, why I forgot her name. Uh, this other neuroscience, uh, this, what do you call astrophysicist? She was talking about, you know what I mean? How much of the how much of space we've actually explored? Mm-hmm. Go to the ocean, right, and take a glass, and scoop up some water, and then look in that glass and be like, "There's no fish in here," and then walk away and be like, "There's no fish in this ocean." <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Like that sounds right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, put it up. There's no life. It's just us guys. I'm sure of it. Like we've only explored a glass of water. In comparison to all our oceans combined, and we want to say that, nah, there ain't no life out, out here. Bro, since the 1960s, that's all we've explored. Like, bro, it, I, who knows, man? There might be life on Earth. I mean, on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got, like, two life forms kicking with me right now. <laughs> life in, whatever, in any other planet out there. Um, but because it's, like, so big and so vast, mm. there might not be, like, a reasonable way for us and that other life to come in contact with each other. 
the I mean, bro, the concept of fucking like just light speed in general, bro. Like when when people say what nine point three billion light years away, like it, it what it takes light one one light year is I, I think what four years. Let me double check this. Hold up. Uh, oh my physics shit right there. Yeah, so light in one year travels about 186,000 miles. So when people be like 96 trillion light years away, like, you know how far that shit is, bro? Like, there's nothing that we can build that'll get there. (laughs) I mean, mean, it it also goes back to like, uh, what do you call, like the types of civilizations and the fact that we are still stuck in a type zero civilization. You know what I mean? Type one is being able to like, um, I think it's harvest um, harvest materials and energies within our own solar system. Like, you know what I mean? And I think type two is harvesting within our universe. Type three, I need to go back. I'm not even going to bullshit and explain the type three and four. I know type four, it has to do with dimensions at that point. You know what I mean? So to, like, to think that we're only 75% of the way into a type zero civilization, like, bro, we haven't even conquered space yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got too much grip on our chip. We get fucked up by them other life forces. Bruh. Like, even think about that, bro. Like, imagine, like, a fucking tomorrow we see this giant-ass UFO just land in Times Square. But, bro, honestly, too, like, thinking about your life and the world that way, I think it's a good thing because, bro, Mother Nature don't give a fuck about you, bro. Like, you can wait. Like, people, people forget all the time. And this is something that I've been big on lately, honestly. Like, people forget how, like, fickle life is. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can, you could literally, like, I could be done with this podcast. In 25 minutes, I can go and, like, die. You know what I mean? And then it'd be, like, tributes and, like, oh, man, we were just talking. Like, you don't realize how quickly that shit could be taken from you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, life and death, like, the, the line between it is so, like, thin. And when I think about, you know species and the ocean and life on earth and life in the universe it just leads me to that point it's like all this has been going on for hundreds of thousands of millions of gazillions of years my lifespan is roughly 80 years old right that's like it's like i don't know it just leads you to kind of give yourself some perspective and humble humble yourself like you're not the center of the universe you know what i mean and you know it's you gotta live your life with a purpose bro because it could all be taken from you like that, bro. No, like, like you know, it's crazy. Like, think about uh, going back to because you had mentioned Neil deGrasse Tyson got me thinking about this. The in he had described like the entire timeline of the earth, right? Is think of a football field, not just the earth, the timeline of the universe. Now, think of a football field. Now, you're you're at this uh, you're at this end zone, right? Go all the way to the other end zone, but right at the one yard line. Now, right at that one-yard line, you know that single blade of grass that's right there? Yep. That single blade blade of grass is where we are right now. That's insane to think about, bro. Like, we're just a speck in in the midst of a bunch of shit that we don't even know is out there yet. That's wild. And then, I mean, if we want to go even deeper, we don't have to. But, like, to me, it's like when I, when I go down that rabbit hole pause, I'm just like... Yeah, man, like, I could see why, like, religion became a thing and why people are religious. And, like, I don't want to get into my personal religious beliefs or your personal religious. I'm sure people know by now, like, you grew up Catholic, I grew up Muslim. Yeah. But, and also, I believe everybody. Needs to live. 
everybody's relationship with God is their own personal business, right? I'm not one to question it, but yeah, I think as humans, it, it, it it's arrogant for us to easily dismiss, like dismiss it like that, the possibility of there being a higher power. Yeah. If you're unsure, that's fine. I, I get why anybody would be unsure. You know what I mean? That's normal. But to just be like, no, nah, there's no God. <laughs> like, it's just like, bro, like, how, how can you say that? Yeah. Just like, how can I say that there for sure is? You know, I don't know. I mean, bro, like, shit, going down this rabbit hole, one th- uh, something that I've been thinking about for a while, man, is you combine that, like, the, the whole, t- uh, what we we're talking about with an asteroid just hitting the earth, right? Mm-hmm. What's the next religion going to be? It's nothing. It's nothing there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you even go back before, like, uh, I know we had kind of talked about it. Um, I'm going to drop a picture right now so y'all can see. But um, the Rishat structure, it's like this, um, it's a structure in in the northern, in northern Africa, in the Sahara Desert, where um, pretty much we only found out about this structure when we... So we, we end up sending out a couple satellites out, I want to say 2016, and it mm-hmm. came back and looked at the Earth, and it was just, we saw this spot, it was it was kind of like, kind of like, what you know, with Jupiter, the red dot, or like the little, and then we found out it was just, a, it's a giant storm going on over there. Yep. Again, it's not a storm going on, on on Earth, but the same way just stood out on, um, what do you call them, through through these satellite images that we ended up taking in what, 2016, 2017. And that was the first time people started seeing like, yo, what the fuck is that? And then you Mm -hmm. go back to like the old tales of, uh, you know what I mean? The city of Atlantis, the capital city being a city with circular uh, landmarks with water structures in between. And then you look at something like the Rishat structure, bro. It literally describes Plato's entire description of it. Like if I was you, uh, I mean, if I was you, Go look up Rishat structure in North Africa right now. How do you spell it? R I C H A T. Oh, Rishat. Oh, it's in Mauritania. But like, look at that, bro. And then type in uh, at like Lost City of Atlantis after that, and just peep the the city of uh, or the Lost City of Atlantis, how it was supposed to, like capital city, how it was described as, and then look at the Rishat structure modern day. <coughs> like similarities. You know what I mean. I mean, think about the Saharas, bro. Like, when we talk about, like, Africa being, like, a once populated place and, like, once, uh, like, that entire, bro, the entire Sahara Desert used to be thriving with fucking vegetation and life. You know how big the Sahara Desert is, bro? It's, like, the size of 10 mainland United States laid alongside each other. That's crazy, bro. Of just desert and sand and heat and unbearable, unlivable land. But then go, bro, then now think about like back in, I mean, I can specifically speak for Christianity, right? Like we had the great flood. Like mm-hmm. the Quran, does it talk about a great flood back in the day? I don't want to say yes. I don't want to say no. Because I'm not, I'm, not uh, sure. I'm pretty sure the Torah talks about it too. I remember in like ancient Greek philosophy, um, uh, Greek stories and whatnot, they used to talk about it, but pretty much about how like the world got, you know what I mean? Just white with a great flood and ancient civilization ended up just getting reset. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck is to say that 14, 15,000 years ago, we hadn't reached the technological states that we reach right now. But even yeah, because everything was wiped out. <laughs> we we you know never I mean? really know. Tens of uh, fucking thousands of years of fucking erosion 
will fucking change up any like bro like if i had this phone right say my mm-hmm. the spot i'm living at right now shit i got this laptop i got these speakers this mic this is some pretty sophisticated shit to a caveman but now yeah. ten thousand years later bro the only thing that's going to be left is fucking minerals from this phone if it's still in there it's going to be embedded into a fucking rock bed that's been hit by water for thousands and thousands of years you know what i mean until yeah. it dries out so you can you can be like okay yeah there's some uh there's some sulfur here there's some potassium here there's a couple metals here like you know what i mean yeah i mean i know for a fact the quran talks about the day of judgment which is like the day where you, everybody will be judged in front of god right and yeah. i mean it talks about signs yeah signs that predict the day of judgment and what will happen on the day of judgment and basically just all of civilization is wiped out right and if that has happened before theoretically we as a human species now wouldn't really know about it right if everything is all wiped out and all evidence is gone so that's interesting bro. like and then we're definitely going down a rabbit hole pause nah but but the thing about it this way too bro uh think about language itself right a thousand years from now a lot of modern language isn't going to be recognizable ten thousand years from now it's going to be completely different yeah i mean there's languages that we've already seen languages certain languages wiped out like within this lifetime you know so, so it's a crazy thought, man. It's a crazy thought. Like, yeah, man. But hey, you know what the wild mad thing? philosophical. <laughs> you know what the wild oh. thing about all this though, bro? Like, I could see the next judgment coming, and it being uh, what do you call it being because of AI? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, factors that make you think, damn, you as a society are kind of doomed. It's, uh, like, are these signs? I don't know. This it's these are ideas that people who follow any type of religion kind of flirt with. I think all the time. Yeah, like I don't want I don't want to get all like uh, catastrophic, but you know I like to keep it positive. But at the same time, it's like the message that I guess I'm trying to send with this whole spiel is people need to look beyond just themselves and their inner world, and you know take stock in the fact that there's so much more happening outside of you, and just have some a, a wider perspective like it'll make your problems a lot more manageable i think yeah 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 damn. but yeah since uh since we got all philosophical i feel like this is a this is a good <laughs> point to wrap up the pod nah it's good bro it was a good episode my boy yeah and we, bro we had a 55 minute pod without even getting into basketball good shit bro dang man i feel like yeah. we deserve an award for that bro we for ain't saying goddamn thing this might be a first timer so I think it definitely is, bro. This might be the longest time we talk without talking about basketball. But we here we are talking about basketball. <laughs> yeah, you have other interests. <laughs> but shit, man. Good shit. Yes, sir. We're going to see y'all next week. You know what I mean? First with that, my bro. First with Dap, you already know. It is. Yes, but sir. But shit, man. It's your boy, Ronnie. And I'm your brother, Waleed. And on behalf of the Two Point Podcast, we are signing out this motherfucker. Yeah.